Hey, Brian. Thanks for coming on. Well, hi, Shane. It's so great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, um, I think we're, I'm excited for our conversation today. We, we've got a lot to talk about. It's very interesting. Um, you yourself, you know, you're a professor of biblical studies. You're a spiritual growth coach, an author. You've got a book coming out later this year. Um, and that book's about the centering prayer, right, which is learning how to sit quietly in God's presence and how that kind of meditation can really, you know, be transformational and exceptionally beneficial and helpful to people. And so that's where we're going to focus our discussion today. Um, so maybe just to kick things off, uh, why don't you give us a little bit about uh, a little bit of a intro into what the centering prayer is? Yeah, uh, centering prayer is uh, an ancient uh, Christian form of, of meditation. You can call it silent meditative prayer. Uh, the word centering prayer is relatively recent from, say, like uh, maybe 1970 when some Catholic priests were, they observed a lot of people were beginning to experiment with, say, transcendental meditation and other Eastern forms. And, and these, these uh, priests were actually um, uh, monks at a monastery and they thought well geez we've been meditating for thousands of years as roman catholics uh we just need to teach um regular christians how to meditate so they don't have to literally change religions to do this practice and so that's kind right. of where it came from and its roots are in the earliest centuries of um of the christian era when people first began once christianity became uh, legal uh some some believers wanted to even be more committed, so they literally leave society and go out into the deserts, and that's where like the language of being a hermit comes from. Um, these were persons right. that were basically leaving the world behind, and so they go out and and they were practice doing these solitude practices, and a lot of sitting in silence was essentially it, it embracing silence as an avenue to connect with uh, God, and so centering prayer is uh, just a technique that allows you to uh, I think the best way to say it is 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 meditate um, and this would just be within the Christian tradition so uh, instead of maybe listening to your breath which is a certain um, uh, like mindfulness meditation teaches uh, centering prayer is the assumption that you're sitting in God's presence if God is everywhere mm -hmm. and that you're going to try to access God apart from really thoughts um, that clutter up your mind. And so the whole practice essentially is um, setting a time, picking a prayer word, which can be love, hope, it can be God. I use Jesus because you know, I'm a Christian, so I just use that word because if I'm think I'm sitting silently in God's presence, yeah. that's um, it's, that's that would be the, one, the the part of the one member of the Trinity of the Christian God there. So, but the whole point is, you pick a word and then you sit you sit in silence, close your eyes, and whenever you recognize that your thought you're you're in some sort of thought stream, which is all the time you're thinking about something, maybe is like, is this ever going to end? Um, <laughs> right. You know, what, what do I need to do next? Um, or it can be sometimes you'll get kind of a disturbing thought that comes up, maybe some bad memory, or you maybe have some great memory or even an idea of inspiration. The whole idea is like, oh, wait a second, this is a thought. I'm going to use my prayer word. Just kind of utter that to, my, to yourself to break up the thought. And so th the whole goal is to basically be in these little spaces where you're outside of thoughts. And the idea is that you're in God's presence at the same time. So that's 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 kind of the idea behind uh, centering mm -hmm. prayer. And there's 
in the teaching, there's the, what they call the four R's, which would be resist no thought. And so whatever, you know, when you realize you're in a thought, you don't freak out about it. You just re, re, you know, like I'm in a thought, so I need to use my prayer word. But then you also don't react to a thought again, whether it's a beautiful thought or a disturbing thought or somewhere in between. You don't you just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't retain it either. So you don't sit in the thought you return. That's the fourth R then uh, return to the silence by using the prayer word. And so that's, that's really the whole process. And you just um, commit to the practice. I do at least 20 minutes every day. So, you know, the centering prayer, the concept of it's very interesting because what you were saying is that like, you know, as is with meditation is it's a practice that transcends any individual um, religion or, or ideology or, or, you know, theoretical practice where, it's really just about finding a way to connect with nature or God that is beyond just your thoughts, right? And one of the interesting things about thoughts is that, you know, a lot of the time we feel like we think, right? So you're like, oh, I think this, I think that, um, as if we had kind of created these thoughts, right? But really, most of the time, thinking kind of just happens to us. Right. So these thoughts just arise in our mind and then we give attention to it. And in doing so, you know, you entertain it and then you can go down all these nice like thought rabbit holes and start pondering whether it's good or bad and trying to understand what it means or what this judgment about your life is about. Um, And having something like a, a prayer word to focus on, like refocus your attention Um, that's tremendously helpful, right? Because when these thoughts come up, you can say, okay, it's just another thought. Um, I'm back to focusing now, right? And like, as as you said, in different traditions, they use different methods of this attention training, right? So in some, it's a word or a mantra or it could be a song. It could be um, an object, you know, like a physical object you can hold and just focus your attention on that but it's some sort of like grounding point that you can bring your attention back to right um and i think that it's easy for people to do it with a word like love or you know god or jesus or anything like that because it's something that's familiar and something that um creates positive emotion at the same time right because you have all these good associations with it and so um, it, that also promote because I mean I guess if you meditated on like a word with very <laughs> negative connotations it's probably not going to feel so great but you could try I suppose um, but I mean you know it's not I, I don't know if that would be recommended per se um, but uh, how long have in, in your studies right in, at least let, let's say in the Christian tradition how far back in time do these practices go well, it looks like it goes back at least into the early desert fathers and mothers, which would be like the third and the fourth centuries um, of the of the modern of the modern era um, mm. CE. But again, arguably, um, you know, we know that you know, like the, the meditation in the Eastern religions goes back into the you know, I don't know, six hundred BC. I don't know exact dates on there. So you could argue that there's there's still pictures even within say the the, the Old Testament. Uh, you have passages like "Be still and know that there's God." 
there's different forms, but at least of officially, at least within Christianity, yeah. um, you can trace it back to a couple hundred years, um, you know, after Jesus would have been on the earth. Right. I mean, it, it's really extraordinary, right? Yeah. How these kinds of like ancient wisdom traditions, you could say, or just wisdom practices, how they transcend time in humanity, right? And we have all sorts of different ways of trying to explain or point to what these practices are, uh, depending on what culture you live in and how people make sense and understand things. But like from uh, the essence of, of these teachings is sort of fundamentally the same, right? And and it dates back all this time. Like it's no, not I new. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's that, um, I mean, you, you, you alluded to it. I mean, kind of one of the stunning things that... Um, it's almost an extraordinary experience itself as if, um, you know, like I'm a person, I, I've made my living thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. um, you know, like in my book, I even quote, uh, yeah, I have the, the Scardes thing. I think therefore I am. And I always just joke that I live that truth to the utmost until that moment in time right. when I didn't. And so it's, it's, it's extraordinary when you just kind of recognize and you just kind of see yourself thinking and then you get that moment and you're like, okay, if I can see myself thinking, and I mean metaphorically see myself, but it's almost like you're observing or watching, then it's like, mm. well, who the heck is watching me think, right? And so it just suggests that there's something deeper. And that's a, that's a, that's a transformational moment. And I think that's the thing that you see in, in, in that's, that seems to be a uniquely human experience. And then obviously the truth claims are different with different religions making different claims, but there is essentially an experience where you recognize that your thoughts aren't necessarily associated with whoever can see the thoughts and that's that's um it's it's amazing right you are not your thoughts yeah um, yeah yeah and although you have thoughts and they're meaningful um ultimately they're not you right yeah and there is that there is that transcendent dimension which you know as you say goes by different names in different traditions but it's something that everyone can experience and arguably we do experience it all a lot of the time but we just don't take note or give much attention to it because because there's there are these moments in life where you stop thinking for a period of time just while you're doing something or um, while you're waiting and it, that's not very interesting to the mind it doesn't want to know about that stuff because you can't think about it because it's actually just just a being sense yes. right um and the more that one connects with that which is to say that the more that you embrace it through practices like a centering prayer the more profound the transformation that can happen because you stop getting so lost and involved in you know mental patterns and games and actually what you know at least in my experience what i found is that the mind becomes much more creative and much more useful to do thinking things because it's not you're you're not entertaining all these like fantasy ideas of the past or the future right no that's um, that's just i mean that is the that's that's the great observation and that's what um um, that's the long-term payoff on on these um, on these practices, and I guess in the deeper question ends up being because <clears throat> there's going to be personal transformation that works out there. The the really 
interesting thing is like in that transcendent moment, are you actually encountering some profound truth? And like, I would say you, you're encountering love. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the original title for my book was going to be um, Centering Prayer and the Journey to Love. And the idea right. that by opening yourself up, you know, like you said, you meditate on it. Use like a negative word, but, the, you know, that was kind of an interesting, uh, <laughs> yeah. interesting thought. But instead, it's just opening yourself up. And again, in my own tradition, that would be, I mean, and it comes right out of the, the Torah. It's, the, you know, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so you have these, um, it's interesting that sitting in silence, um, you actually learn to see yourself and that's where the, the transformation comes in. You learn to actually, um, you know, if, if you imagine that you're sitting in God's presence, um, mm-hmm. and you know, the assumption would be then, wow, I'm sitting in God's presence and wow, I'm not being incinerated or <laughs> smashed or judged. It's right. When you get apart from thoughts, you just kind of encounter um, love. Um, you know, yeah. you, you could call it depending on you know one's faith commitments. It could be like grace. It's sort of this experience of um, you get an experience and you sort of accept the fact that you're unconditionally accepted by something much bigger than yourself. That does something right. to you. That then, like you said, it opens you up to be present. Um, at a, yeah. in a way that's different than you ever have before. And that's transformational. So you, yeah, you you can be more creative. Um, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you can be a better partner because you can listen. I mean, we can do yeah. um, computer interviews and we can really connect and listen to each other because we can be present. It's just all these um, profound differences that just breaking up that thought stream for say 20 minutes a day just has uh, incredible um, results over time again I don't want to promise that somebody does this like three times that they're going to get this this is it takes it's it's one of those practices that um, you know it's one of those small things done consistently over time yields just extraordinary results yeah absolutely and I mean you know like it's interesting what you're talking about how you know that people want results right and they like want it now and understandably you know i'm one of those people as well like i often feel like i you know i went to the gym today why don't i you know feel like i should feel or something like that and it's like well no because things take time to change and you know your brain has constructed itself in a way and in patterns of behavior and thoughts over years or decades or whatever it is and to break that takes a bit of time because it's it's going to be a slow process but it's not as i mean it's never as much as you you sort of might anticipate it's going to be right and it's also one of these kinds of things that you do a little bit and it affects the rest of your day yes or the week or, or whatever like it's not like you're just having 20 minutes of peace and then the rest of your day is still chaos. It's, um, I mean, it might be sometimes, but like what those 20 minutes does is it starts to impact how you just engage for the rest of your day. Because as you said, when you engage with people, the mind likes to go, it likes to judge things, it likes to make assumptions and predictions. And that's the tool that it's, I mean, it's a tool that's built for that purpose. So it's not a bad thing per se, but if you get lost in that, then it's more of a trouble. Um, well, it's not trouble. It's just going to cause you some suffering. But uh, 
you know the practice of being able to become present it then extends throughout your day and and that that's how it begins to like transform all the aspects of your life right no that's no that's exactly right and um and i know for me it's like um you know i'm kind of like you i want immediate results i'm a achiever i do you know i do stuff and so just the process of not doing anything was um it was excruciating when i started but the the really the 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 amazing thing or the powerful thing about it is again you invest that time and it does compound because the rest of your day can slow down so like for example one of the things that i stress the most about i live down in orlando florida and it's kind of a crazy place to drive we get a lot of folks coming in from um you know all over the world to go to our theme parks and so it's not the safest place to drive and people do crazy stuff and so i'm always like holding on to my steering wheel just waiting for something crazy to happen and i've noticed like um, immediate a payoff over the last few years from the centering prayer is i'm actually more calm driving and i can just kind of instead of my brain's going crazy mode when i see somebody doing something dangerous i just i mean this sounds really mundane to everybody listening but it's really powerful it's like it's been a transformation it's like i can just wow just kind of recenter get present be grateful that there something bad didn't happen on the road and i'm i'm finding just one of the really stressful parts of my life which was commuting has just gotten a ton easier because i can kind of you know i'm not literally meditating while i'm driving but the experience of being able to be present versus catastrophizing every time i see somebody do a crazy mm-hmm. lane shift or something that's been immediate payoff and again relationships um as a professor with my students, I'm a much better teacher, much better mentor. I'm a better husband. I've just seen real um, profound shifts in my ability to show up, pay attention, and just allow things to be. Yeah, and that's amazing, right? And it comes from not trying to control things anymore. Yeah, or at least yeah. at least not not as much. Um, yeah because that is a natural inclination of ours is to want to control life because it's so unpredictable and potentially dangerous and you know you don't want to be hurt or killed or whatever it is and so you sort of can get trapped in these anxieties about all the bad things that can happen and i mean i suppose they could and they do but it's it's you know not very likely and if it does it's like okay well you'll deal with it as it comes right um if you don't make a huge story about the situation, then any difficulty you can deal with as just, it's just this moment, right? It's just what's happening right now. Um, but what I think, uh, just to touch back on a different point, is that you, you mentioned that in the beginning, it was really difficult, right? Because, you know, in the world we live in today, this you're sort of being bombarded with, constant information and mental stimulation a lot of the time and that comes with emotions and all kinds of physiological responses that go with that kind of stuff and you know i mean that's just how it is and so for many people like myself included it is like in the beginning it's very difficult to not do anything for an extended period of time and in fact people are afraid of being alone with their thoughts right um and you know, I, I can empathize with that because when you think something, you're essentially creating a reality for yourself. Now, it's not exactly the same as if it were happening to you out from the outside, but it's pretty damn close, yes. right? And so if you're lost in thought about something terrible that might happen to you, 
it feels like that. It feels like it's happening, um, at least to some degree, right? And so for many people, they're afraid of that or they're just trying to avoid those unpleasant feelings. And so doing these things where you just have to not do anything and be still or silent and open yourself up essentially to your thoughts is, is very um, scary, right? And you know, Nietzsche, I know you like philosophy, Nietzsche has a, <laughs> yeah. has a, has a quotation about this that's really powerful. Um, he wrote that um, when we are alone and quiet, we are afraid that something will be whispered in our ear. And so we hate the silence and drug ourselves with social life. And, you know, yeah. and, and you think, wow. geez, that was 19th century, right? Let alone if he was, what's the good he'd be writing today with all the ways that we can distract <laughs> ourselves. And so, you know, that, that's exactly right. Um, the thing that's hard about silence is you get confronted with what's inside of us. And there's good things inside of us too. So this isn't just an all negative stuff though, but all, but when you're yeah, in silence, um, you know, the beautiful parts about yourself can a- appear, but also all your fears, your worries, your doubts, the negative tapes that our brain plays for us that maybe you're not good enough or you don't do enough, you don't have enough, all that stuff just kind of comes to the surface and you're confronted with it. So it can be, um, um, silence is a gift and I find it beautiful and it's my favorite time of the day now but again early on um, I saw some frightened parts of myself some hurt parts of myself let alone just your brain so used to buzzing around it just seems like you know five minutes seemed like it was an hour when I first started doing this yeah so how I mean it's true and you know like it's sort of well established in, in the literature now that like you know trauma past trauma often gets stored in the body yes and not necessarily in the form of memories as such and so all that stuff can come up and that's not particularly pleasant to go through or you know it, it might that might be an understatement of what it's like um but actually it's tron- it, it's it's powerfully healing if you do allow it to come through without judging or without expectations or feeling like it shouldn't be the case or how things should be and then once you can move through those things like that's where you then get to experience the peace and the joy or what however you want to call it you know the holiness i mean it's really just words trying to describe this transcendent state of presence right um and so how do you coach people through that like in the beginning like what you know what do you say well you know yeah i do a couple things um and and again, I, just, I should just share even my own story. It was, um, you know, I sure. can use the everybody has their own traumas. And so I'm not going to pretend like I have some, you know, I wasn't in a war or anything. But one of the things that really kicked this whole experience off for me is um, um, I'm, I'm married now, but I, I had been married the first time for like 20 years. And literally overnight, my um, my marriage just exploded. It was over and I had two little mm-hmm. girls. And so I'm in I have to I get full custody of my 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 kids. Um, so I have my two little daughters I take care of. I'm worried if I'm losing my job, I'm worried I'm going to go bankrupt. I mean, all the stuff that happens when you have one of these these blow ups again. Um, I've been a pastor. I teach biblical studies at a you know train at, at a seminary even. So it's like you know that's not what's supposed to happen in your right. life. It's, it's, to the good and that's, people. It, yeah, and it's and it happens. You know, it's hard on anybody. But I, you know, I was in a position yeah. like, wow, is anybody ever going to respect me for what I do ever again? Um, and um, 
so I just had all these fears and literally one afternoon, this was about um, just a little over 10 years ago, this experience, this was in the spring of 2011, a good friend of mine, I, I was talking to him on the phone and they said, um, Brian, it sounds like you're going crazy because, you know, I talk right. fast anyway. So I guess I was really talking fast. I'm rambling. I'm completely freaked out. And they go, you sound like you're, you know, you're literally going crazy. And so um, I go out for a walk. I'm like, well, I got to get out of the house. And I live in Orlando, so it's always sunny and stuff down here. It's, you know, so it was, and nice. it didn't disappoint. It's a nice spring day, thank goodness. Um, yeah. And I walked a tr path that I'd been on dozens of times. I'm just walking around the neighborhood. And, but I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have an iPod at the time with headphones or anything. I just went out and I just remember all of them, uh, 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 all of a sudden, and I was literally, I heard a bird singing and I looked up and it's like my eyes completely focused on this leaf and on the bird and everything just froze for like a split second. And mm -hmm. so like in the midst of this traumatic experience I was having, I literally had that moment where I busted out of my thoughts and it just showed up and I was fully there. And at the same time, um, without words, I just felt an, in an incredible experience of love that was basically saying, you know, in my brain, I don't really know if I heard this, but in my own mind, I'm hearing, Brian, you're enough. There is enough. And yeah. I wasn't, that was the kind of religious experience that I'm not particularly used to, even though I've, you know, I've grown up a Christian my whole life. I'm like 42 at the time when this would have happened. Um, so it just kind of blew my mind and I thought, wow, um, everything shut down and I was completely at peace. And so at that moment, um, I started investigating, like, how can I do have that happen again, other than just try to walk around. And that's how I got into these um, practices. So like when I coach somebody into these I, I try to get them basically just to start with the centering prayer and just to see how it goes and then talk. And then the piece that I would add to it um, that worked for me um, was I also kept a journal. So I would do mm. the centering prayer and I started out just doing it for like five minutes. And again, it felt like it was excruciating. Now I will say, I recommend now that people just try to jump right in at 20. It is hard, but I noticed I jumped from doing it for five to doing it for 20 and it was a game changer for me. So I would just mm. suggest people try it the whole 20 and just sit and the clock will expire eventually. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but then what helped and I would really recommend people try this again, sometimes nothing's going to happen. A lot of times you're just going to be in your thoughts the whole time and you may not even wow. It's like nothing happened, but you know, um, pick a journal up then and when you're done one of the things that I always did is I would just write down five things I was grateful for in my journal and then you touched mm -hmm. on this Shane very perceptively because trauma sits in our body um, what I did then is I would ask myself how do I really feel right now as a journaling question and, and what I was what I was looking for was um, any, did I have pains in my body, for example? And again, I mean, like I usually get like a tight spot here on my shoulder and sometimes my stomach, I just feel anxiety. And I just thought, you know what? My life just feels so terrible right now because of what was happening to me in my relationship. Yeah. I, I'm going to try to fix as many things as possible and just open myself up and not be satisfied with feeling crappy. Um, right. And so that extra little journaling practice, just kind of recording what seems to be bothering me 
you know, I like notice a pain and then like, okay, what's underneath the pain? And, you know, over time, again, between this sitting in silence, which seems to open things up and then trying yeah. to write down stuff like I basically probably did psychotherapy in my own journal for myself. <laughs> but 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 literally over yeah. the last 10 years, um, I've had some profound breakthroughs. So what I just coach people to do is, um, you know, try the practice out. And, you know, do some journaling and then, you know, no expectations, no. And, and the key thing is you can't judge yourself at all, because mm -hmm. if, in fact, there is a God and again, I'm a Christian, so I believe there is one that, that God loves you. Right. And so you don't have to be afraid that you're going to get nuked by whatever comes up. Um, and so just allow right. the stuff to come out of your body. And if God isn't going to judge you for that you can't judge yourself either and it's and that's the healing part versus oh the scary thing popped up i need to jam it back down or this um um you know this angry thought that this person that did me wrong you know just let it come up and release yeah. it in the meditation that's the key thing that's where that don't react to stuff comes in so those are the things that you really coach on just to kind of validate you know whatever happens is going to happen but don't judge yourself don't resist what's happening and you know and if it helps maybe just journal about it and, and what i mean by journaling a lot of people don't have time um you know we're talking about like five minutes a couple of things to be grateful for that's always a powerful practice and then just write down what's bothering you and believe it or not that just kind of clears things out and what's it do you rest your days free because you just got all the junk out of yourself so that's that's some yeah. of how i coach i don't know if, if you want to follow up or if that was um, helpful at all yeah no, that that's great, and I think that that that's very helpful because, you know, it it is difficult to. I mean, we're not taught to manage ourselves very well, right? Right, at, not at all, at, probably. Right? At no one, <laughs> at no one's fault. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, how we've evolved up until this point. And uh, I mean, you know, from a humanity perspective, it's like, well, we've we're now reaching a point where these kinds of tools, so to speak, to you know reconnect with god or, or with your true being like they're now available to people and yes it takes a lot of effort sometimes sometimes not sometimes you're just walking and you see something and it's just like that and you know you have this um, profound moment um but other times you know it requires you to do a lot of things and when you do that stuff especially if you've never done it before you're going to face all these new things that's ha never happened to you. And one of the ways that we process new experiences is either talking about it with someone um, or you can talk about it with yourself. But you got to be careful when you do that if it's just in your head because you there's a lot of judgment and shit that goes on. Yes. And so journaling um, actually externalizes it and allows you to process it in a much more objective way, shall we say? Um, because you're, cre I mean, it's something like you're creating, you're creating this external version of it. It's not just thoughts in your head, and um, you can then look over it somewhat objectively. Obviously, not really objectively, but a little bit more than just a thought, because thoughts race by, right? And yes. um, it's very easy. I mean, we have the brain is an amazing tool right and it's designed to be able to make judgments on things and so that part of the brain is always looking to judge things for the most part right and so something will come up whether it happens in real life or in your head which i mean it's just a different real life but external and internal 
and then that part of you will make some kind of judgment right so either um that's good or that's bad or it's good enough or not good enough or i mean the list goes on right but the sort of fundamentally it either judges it as good or bad and it's not entirely true i mean it's somewhat true these judgments and and i mean it's relatively true you mm-hmm. know like it's important to learn and from things you've done and from other people and whatever it is but uh you can't go back and change things right and things happen to you for a reason right and it's often through those the most difficult times in people's lives that the most good and profound transformation happens right so to judge things that have happened to you as bad is complicated because it's not necessarily true i mean it it might i mean it's it's you know it, it, this kind of thing's really hard to talk about because i, I don't want to i wouldn't want to upset someone who's been through something tragic or terrible mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i'm i'm not saying that it's not real or that it's not bad it is of course and suffering is always sucks right yes. um but it, you even like what to take you as an example maybe just to make it more re- like relevant is like you went through this you know horrible divorce um and i not to assign blame or anything like that but it happened to you for a number of reasons let's say yes um but had it not happened to you perhaps you wouldn't be where you are today and you wouldn't have been able to find you know this ability that everyone has to to just sit with god and and just to be present and to find this amazing peace and joy in your life right um and and it's very curious how these things affect us and yes. so you know like i had a, a guy on larry the other day on the podcast who had mentioned he had he was diagnosed with uh, early park or early onset parkinson's disease right he was mm-hmm. in his 40s i mean he's still alive thank god and he's still he's doing better than ever now um it took him a long time to reach that point many years after the initial diagnosis you know after like a three year depression and all sorts of chaos in his life but now he looks back and he's like my life's actually better than ever right cuz what it allowed him to do uh is to essentially find what's meaningful and important to him yes right and find that joy in life and he meditates and you know he runs and he he plays music and he does all these extraordinary things now um that that give so much joy to his life and to the life of others around him despite having this condition right and had he not had it you know who knows where his life would have been i mean he probably would have just continued his career in law or um you know you know i mean it would have been different let's say uh but so it's it's very peculiar and so you know i would just say that like you're right when you coach people and you're telling them to take this step forwards where you're like it's going to be scary or it might be scary it's a lot of it's going to be unpleasant um but it's good to put ourselves in unpleasant situations that's how we grow yes you know you never grow out of your comfort zone you just stay the same um and so it's hugely important and you know i, I think you're absolutely right that it's like just take the time and the rewards will come so to speak but don't do it for the rewards that's the other weird part about it right it's the no, other that's paradox. exactly right yeah it, um, it is the paradox the only thing that you can do is um 
in the in this in this practice is you're basically yeah. just surrendering your thoughts and that's the whole practice and then the all the other things you'd almost call them collateral collateral benefits if you will that come yeah. out of it but the practice itself is 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 surrendering which again very powerful because we all like to control things and this is the whole thing you, you actually are transformed by um, giving up that control you're actually like going to say you know because most of us we can't even separate ourselves from what we think about and here we're just saying you know the most important thing i'm going to do is i'm going to try to break up my thoughts and just be still and yeah. as, as you said um i mean you don't have to go through a trauma for this to be super helpful but this is one of those pieces like for myself i you know when i was even in my big deepest pain i just thought wow i I got to get, I got to get on the other side of this. And I wasn't, it was, and I'm going to use this as an opportunity. So I remember thinking, okay, I don't want to be bitter. I just want to be better. And so I yeah. um, just embrace practices and then allow them to compound over time. Yeah. And, you know, because of it, you know, your book's going to change many people's lives, your book and, and your coaching practice and however else you, in, and podcasting, like however you interact with people, it's now you know not that it wasn't like this before necessarily but it's like now you're a level up right for, just for yourself not like comparatively no. speaking no it's absolutely i mean it's i um you know my life uh, again don't want to paint um pictures but i'm in a better i mean i've been remarried for for almost eight years now and it's a wonderful relationship that's um completely freeing and fully you know fully loved um, you know, being on here with you, Amazing. I mean, this conversation yeah. isn't happening if, um, um, <laughs> if all the, all my, the whole healing process hadn't have taken place, being a coach, the coaching all came out of essentially watching myself come back online, if you will, and then yeah. keeping track of what I used. And then at some point, again, I didn't start, I've been coaching now for like th for three years. I, but it was one of those things I just kind of walked back into because it was still, as you heal, it's like you don't want to like, oh, I got yeah. all the answers now. So I was just kind of sitting on that stuff. But then more and more folks were coming to me because they sensed. And again, this is the work of all these practices. They sensed a kind of a kindred spirit, a non-judgmental presence. And so I had people coming and then I just realized I could be present with people, ask powerful questions um, that and then show people some practices that could potentially help and then be there to debrief um you know after the fact and the so that's created the, the coaching practice in this book i've written academic books on um on the bible um that's you know that's that was my profession but this book literally just flowed out of me as a genuine expression of love and that came wow. after a commitment that i said I'm only going to write stuff that I'm 100% aligned with in my soul. And again, that doesn't mean the other things I've written weren't authentic because they were, but it was it like, was. I want this, I was only, I'm only going to write stuff that, I mean, literally is just flowing out. And so just the very fact that this book came out, which, you know, it's sort of outside of my official formal training, but I, you know, I learned and, uh, and then even I can say when I went to my publisher, most of the books I've ever tried to write have been rejected by publishers. Even the, And then this book yeah. that just kind of came out of me, again, this may not be happen for everybody, but it, it, to me, I took it as a sign. It's like first publisher I sent to, which was my dream publisher, takes the book um, right. without. And, and so that that was really wow. cool. And again, um, again, that was um, 
after being rejected by a lot of my other books over and over again, that was just a really cool thing, uh, Shane. So I'm just going to say that's, yeah, the whole experience has allowed me to be, you know, here with you today with the audience. And, uh, you know, again, I would wish I could, at some level, I mean, you, you always wish you can go back and fix stuff that blew up in your life. But at the same time, um, it was amazing what actually happened because of how um, I opened myself up to deeper growth on the other side of um, a really painful experience. Right. And it all led you to be here, uh, you yeah. know, where you are, not just here on the podcast, but like just in life. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it is, it's extraordinary what happens when, when you kind of stop trying so hard. Life, life starts to happen for you and all kinds of miracles, you know, really, take off and it's very weird because it's not anything that most people are used to um and it's also a very hard thing to wrap your head around because it kind of transcends thought and the mind doesn't like that a lot and it'll try and make sense of it and it w can't because you run into all of these weird paradoxes that are sort of just a, a, fe a feature of reality it's very yes. strange um yeah, yeah. You know, and there's paradoxes just bloody everywhere. I mean, like the only, in, like just in a silly example, it's like from in the perspective of time, it's like, well, time does exist. The past and the future exist as thought forms, more or less, um, perhaps written as well. But, you know, conceptually they exist and we use them and we use statistics to make inferences and predictions and uh, it's an incredibly useful tool to plan out things and, and learn and whatever it is. But really, you only ever experience the present moment. That's the only time you can experience. Even when you memorize, the, I mean, even if you're remembering something, you're just m remembering it now. And if you're predicting something, you're predicting it now. And then if it happens, it also happens now, right? And that's a strange paradox that's very hard to make sense of and we're not going to necessarily get into that um but uh, yeah I mean, I mean it's just it is it's 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 a very weird but hugely rewarding and humbling process to start right and deeply spiritual i mean if you if you want to use that word or you can use religious or i mean it, it doesn't yes. matter what word you use right it, everyone's trying to describe the same thing um something that's beyond description Right, like uh, th there's a Buddhist saying, um, which is like uh, something like, "Don't confuse the finger pointing to the moon with the moon." Right, right, right. So it's like, don't get stuck on the words that we're using, or the language, or if it's from a, this tradition or that tradition. Like that, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Like those are irrelevant points. Look at what's deep inside of it, right? And then you'll find the true essence and and the truth if you even want to call it that, that's, that's sort of beyond language, right? Um, I, had, I had another question for you. So how does, okay. how, how has your um, teaching changed since yeah. this happened to you? Like particularly with reference to your understanding and conceptualization of the Bible yeah. um, and, and the words within it. Like has it, I mean, presumably it had somewhat of an impact yeah, it did. I mean, the the biggest impact that I've had that it's that this all this um, work in this contemplative spirituality has had on me is 
I would say that, um, well, two, there's at least two things. Like for me personally, a principle that's become more and more important to me is um, is skin in the game. Um, in other words, it has to be embodied truth, not just aspirational truth. And what I mean by that is for a long time in my, in my mind, I thought of um, um, Christianity as a system that if I could just get it right in my head, that would be beautiful and I can live there. Um, but then I used to be just deeply unsatisfied with how, say, the church was because it mm -hmm. never matched up with what was up in my head. So I think for me personally, um, um, my experience of of Christianity is more incarnated, meaning, and uh, I don't mean to use a Christian theological word, but yeah. in a sense, it's actually become more embodied. And sure. I'm more content with what is, which is again, interact with people and not worried that somehow that what I see isn't what I think exists in my head. And so one of the things that you could say, and this is really interesting, is the, the um, the centering prayer practice is actually a, um, a purification practice that burns off, if you want to think of the image of fire, kind of false conceptions about what God might be like. And because because mm -hmm. uh, and then and you just encounter this being that's even greater than you thought. Um, there's a theologian, yeah. Paul Tillich, talks about there's a God that you meet after the God that you thought you believed in dies. <laughs> Right. Um, really powerful. And so that's something. So that's like impacted that. me. Um, so just personally, like, uh, again, we uh, from the tradition we use, like a person wants to become a holy person. God is holy. So and I always say, like, now I feel a lot less holier than I used to feel. But I think that's actually good because I'm under no illusion <laughs> right. about my life. And I don't know if that tracks with, uh, with, with you, but I mean, that, 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 that's how yeah. I talk about it with like, um, um, and, and I'm just, and, and so that'd be one thing. And then the second thing, and this is, I think, um, critical is um, I'm a better teacher because I think I love my students more than I used to by a ton. So like, um, and they know it, and that's the thing that comes off. And so a lot of my teaching now is, um, I want it to be that's I want again everything I teach to be able to be operationalized in real life and not just theoretical stuff. You know, so I teach people, right. you know, I teach Bible, so I teach people how to do what they call exegesis. So I teach Greek and how to use Greek and Hebrew to read the original text. And there's obviously technical features of that. I train people that, you know, do that would preach and teach in churches, for example. And so there's some science to that. But I'm more interested sure. in like helping my students to remove any blocks inside themselves to, to, to real deep transformation. So I guess that would be the thing. My teaching, I'm more about transformation. I'm more about sharing myself. I'm not just the guy that knows the stuff. I'm the guy that's lived a real life, some messy, some really good, and I try to be transparent. And that's, um, um, you know, Shane, that's made the, 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 the real difference. I, you know, again, this isn't about, you know, I, I can just observe. I won teacher of the year back when I first started back in like 2005. So I've always been a pretty good teacher. But the right. kind of comments, you know, you always get, you know, everybody's who's ever been to college. You have those um, evaluations at the end of the semester. 
I've been getting really interesting ones that are just observing how they really sense that I care about who they are as people. And to me, that's the fruits of everything that we're talking about, that I'm getting different types of compliments over against, oh, he's just really smart. Now it's he really cares. And I I love that. Right. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. And and it's it. So, you know, if, if I understand what you're saying, it's like your teaching has evolved beyond the conceptual knowledge side of it. I mean, that's a, certainly a component. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. It's an, and it's important and it's relevant and, um, it you know, it's all good. Um, but the sort of experiential side of it has become the focus, right? And so Absolutely. You, you're showing people, I mean, to me, it, it's, it sort of sounds like what you're saying is like you're showing people how to experience the truth of the texts that you're reading yes right uh and and not not teaching what the texts say necessarily um now, yeah that's a really good yeah. way to put it yeah yeah um and i mean and then that's great and you know as you say like your intention and the way you approach things that has a huge impact as well because people can sense perhaps unconsciously only you know where this is coming from what what the agenda is if there is one you know, are you trying to push this narrative? Are you trying to say, this is the truth, or this is how you must do this and this and this? And that sort of generally doesn't, uh, isn't so well received. But if you're like, no, like, I'm here to help you just be the best you that you can, or, you know, you can say it that way, or you can say, I'm here to show you how to connect with God through the Bible, or how to teach people how to connect with God through the Bible or through this practice or through, you know, whatever it is, but it, it, it's far more of a, um, I, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's like a, uh, good and, and of service to people, right? And I think you also brought yeah. up an interesting point about like holiness and, you know, how you sort of saw yourself and, and the church and various religious institutions before, you know, you've had these experiences and my my understanding or, or sort of what I, I get from that is you're saying like what's been removed is the ego side of things yes right so there's there's a, it's very easy for a person to attain a position of power that's associated with um, you know just like what's the right word ego like um, satisfaction right so you're like I know more or I can do more or I'm better than or you know the authority figure on this or that and while those things might be true because uh, you know some people know more stuff than others some people yeah. can do things better than others I mean that's not false uh, but it's what you do with those positions right and so and, and if you are able like you have been to move past the ego side of it you're like oh i mean i'm, I'm not particularly holy like i'm just a, a person you know a regular person with life experiences that have i'm here to share it with you if you want to listen or um wh whatever it is and and so the the sort of labels of it become less important right um it doesn't matter like if you're as revered as some like you know supernatural holy like teacher like that happens ironically when you stop trying to do that 
because when you're trying to do that, yeah. you're trying to do it for the wrong reasons. Right? No, that, that that's exactly true. And I mean, and I think the word that um, um, it would be for myself would be real integrity. And yes. what I mean by that is, um, like, <clears throat> and this was even getting back to the head versus the reality is, you know, I basically want, you know, we all have a front stage life and a backstage life, right? So, um, you know, like here I'm on the podcast, so this is I'm at some level I'm, you know, I'm on this I'm on the stage. We're having this conversation. Sure. You're in the same thing, and so like I'm a professor. I'm in the classroom. And, you know, I can make myself look as good as I want to. But what I'm really interested in and even the way I'm teaching now is, you know, you want real integrity between what what who I am when people see me at my very best and my curated style. And then what do people see when nobody else is looking? Right. And I think that's yeah. where the, the real deep growth comes in. And I think, um, you know, that takes a lot of self-awareness and uh you know and we all have so many blind spots and you know i just keep seeing more and more blind spots as i do this but that's created a real sense of um you know humility and so what that's taught me is it's like i yeah, this has been the insight that's been, been really helpful is like what i've learned is my own motivations <clears throat> and who i am as a person are are, is an, are it's incredibly complicated and complex and there's always competing things going on and then what I realized and this has just been growth over the last couple of years it's like I've learned that about myself through the centering prayer through the journaling um, but then I realized like you know what you know what Shane it's like um, I need to realize that you're exactly like that too and so I can't make a judgment like if you're having a bad day and I have an interaction with you it's like I can't like oh I'm allowed to be super complicated and, and divided but I can't allow this fellow human who's in front of me to be just as complicated and that's been like a profoundly hmm. transformational piece that um, really helps with um, um, with teaching um, with, that helps with uh, being present is just um recognizing the complexity and so when i talk about integrity i want my backstage and front stage to be as aligned as possible and you know i want to interact with people and let other people you know i give them the benefit of the doubt if i'm seeing them on the bad day to recognize that there really is this really awesome part of them, them too that i just i'm not encountering right now and not take that personal but that's that's been another area that's really right. that's really grown in me but um but that's so like yeah. Yeah, so that's um, integrity. No, that's is a, huge. Is a piece. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that the integrity and and the integration, like as sort of Carl Jung would say, right, of of the whole human, where you become the same with everyone, just about, and you're you're not trying to put on a show here or there or make judgments. It's just just being who you are, and yeah, recognizing that you know that everyone's essence is the same, fundamentally. And, you know, it, it's not even from a, I mean, you could look at a technical argument for it and, okay, I mean, we, you know, we don't have to get into that, but it's like, just as you say, you just allow people to be who they are. Don't worry about, you know, like how you compare up or what it means for you or whatever. I mean, unless I suppose it's directly affecting you, then you can take necessary action if you need to. But I mean, yeah, giving people the benefit the benefit of the doubt is huge, right? I mean, in in simple examples like in traffic and where where people get phenomenally angry about nonsensical things, someone cuts you off, and you're and all of a sudden this rage emerges, right? 
and you're like how could this person be allowed to drive like the you know it's just all these crazy things and you just have no idea what's going on with that person um it could be a bad day it could be it could be anything and i mean it, it's it, it really changes when you stop trying to expect things from people and just allow them to be and not even make good or bad judgments about it just be like no you're just doing your thing honestly you're trying your best to live your life like you can probably confidently say that about everyone everyone's just trying to survive and trying to be the best and now sometimes the consequences aren't great obviously right people do crazy things in the name of so-called good um, yes. and that's a bit of a different conversation but you know in terms of normal interactions with people it's like yeah you know everyone's struggling no one has an easy life life's not easy for any body or any creature in the world you know even like plants they got to deal with the bloody weather and the animals eating them and all sorts of catastrophes that happen to them and i mean they're not thinking about it but it's an incredibly difficult you know life is just like that it's challenging and even when you reach these points of like i don't know spiritual awakening or something however you would want to call it or connecting you know with with god or you know a, a language again um when you it doesn't mean life gets easier necessarily it just means the way you deal with life's challenges changes and yeah. it doesn't have as bad of an impact on you or at least not as long lasting because you're not reviewing it in your mind for years and years to come right you're like oh no this happened this person yelled at me okay i mean uh, whatever you know it's not serious yeah, yeah th i mean that that is i mean that's so good and um um and that's that is exactly right and, and what that does uh, um even from like say a coaching perspective is um all that extra worrying and reacting that we do to things that basically happen to everybody that um, it, those are energy drainers. Yeah. And so when you can essentially just release the negativity again, I'm not perfect. So obviously I still have bad days. There's stuff that really bugs me, but I know that sure. um, I'm able to let things go much easier and what that's done yeah, it doesn't give you a pain-free life. Um, we're never going to be in a place where we're not going to have to have courage to try new things and stretch. But what this does is it, it protects your energy level. So you, you can get, um, you can focus on the things that you really want to focus or that you feel led to focus on if you have a sense of a calling. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, and that's, um, you know, that, that's, um, that's a massive shift. And then what that does is it, uh, it metaphorically, it makes your life bigger. Um, right. All the worrying we do and the things that distract us, that makes our life really small. But when you start letting stuff go, you're able yeah. to actually connect with your purpose and your life's gonna get bigger. That doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be wealthier or whatever else, but I mean, you're literally gonna have a bigger life and you're gonna play a bigger game. Yeah. Uh, and. And, and then you get to serve because I mean that's the goal of all these things I think ultimately is that we, we want to bless others we want to be of value to other people and if we can just get out of our own minds and out of all the judgments and open ourselves up to this beautiful world that we live in and be about showing up for the person that's across from us and again we're not naive and there's some people that are just dangerous and we're not like going to walk into super scary dangerous yeah. places unless you've literally been called to do that but um, but, you know, literally show up like one of my mentors, probably the 
one of the most spiritually transformed persons ever met was a guy named Bob Tuttle. He's, he's, he's about 80 years old now, but he was a mentor. And he always made things real simple. He always just said, show up, pay attention. God's got more invested in this than you do. And, you mm-hmm. know, if you think about that, um, yeah. again, wh- wherever you are on the uh, w- in relationship with God, but that's just a powerful statement. Show up, pay attention. There's more going on here than you're ever going to know. And there's a bigger, a bigger reality has something that, that that's on. So we just got to be there and be present. And that, um, you know, and at some level, you know, I'd say that's um, that makes life magical. That makes life astonishing. And it makes it beautiful. Again, not every moment's beautiful, but you, yeah. you have a bigger life and you can um, have impacts on people that um, um, that most people can't because people can sense when you're there. And there's just something really, you know, that's possibly, possibly the most powerful thing you can do. You don't have to be a big, scary, you know, mean looking person, a person who's authentically centered that's giving off energy. That's a that's a very powerful person, a person who's comfortable with who they are and, and these practices open us up over time to becoming more and more just authentically ourselves and again i think that yeah. makes life uh, um that makes life really fun it does and anyone who's done it will tell you that it's like that right and and i say done it like it's something you can achieve but right right <laughs> anyone anyone who is engaged with these practices perhaps we should say that's what you'll start to experience right and i i love that quote that, that you had mentioned because it's like yeah you know the entire history of the universe and all the events that happened happened up until this exact moment till so that this moment could be as it is right and then we come along with our funny little brains and we go this is not how it should be this is wrong right. like i want you know i want things to be different than this and it's like okay i mean you know you can make improvements in your life sure like that's not what i'm saying but it's like just just for this moment it's like you don't really know what's going on you have a fraction of a perspective on the whole of life itself right and that's okay because that's just where we're at right each each of us have our own unique perspective of life and it's it's fine to enjoy it and to just find the beauty in each moment even if it's difficult you can recognize it um but it, it really is it's like stop trying to control everything like just allow life or God to take care of you and of life itself, right? Like I love the expression, life takes care of life or life takes care of itself. You can say it many different ways, but it, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, obviously it's good to still strive for things and do things and it's fun, you know, it's all part of the game of life and it's fun and it's exciting and it's meaningful and it's purpose driven a lot of the time. And especially if you're doing something that you're, you know, you feel compelled to do or you're called to do it. And that makes it even better if if you have such an opportunity. And if not, that's okay too. You can just be where you are, right? And you can find the beauty in life in everything if you look for it. Even in the so-called bad stuff, you can see the beauty because there's the transformation that you can witness. Now, when it happens to you, it's hard because it's very unpleasant and uncomfortable and painful. And so that's the real challenge, you know, once you get to that point. But that's very relatively rare that you get those things that happen to you. You know, most of the time it's just, it's average and you can decide how you want to look at things. Um, 
and yeah and you know it, it just comes back to that same thing just center yourself just be present focus on some stuff if you need to to you know hone in your your mind um and then just enjoy you know the beauty of life that's all around us all the time it's really fascinating and despite all the crazy shit that's happening in the world at the moment there's still beauty everywhere right, right. and it's wonderful well listen yeah. brian i uh i've really enjoyed this conversation uh thank you so much for coming on um your book is called the centering prayer how sitting quiet in god's presence can change your life and it'll be out i believe in september yes of 2021 and presumably it'll be available everywhere i will put a link to it and to you and your social media stuff if you would like in the description so people can learn more about you contact you get some good coaching um but otherwise thank you yeah thank you very much for coming on it's been wonderful no this this has been a wonderful conversation i really appreciate the 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 way that you actually uh led this dialogue it was really powerful and uh, yeah and it's so grateful for the those folks that have listened and i think it's it's available my book's available pre-order on amazon right now or you can even go to centeringprayerbook.com and i have a little page if you give me your email i'll send you some videos on how to get started in the centering prayer if you're interested and then i'll give you an announcement i'm not going to spam people but i'm just going to give some videos and then uh send an announcement out when the book's actually available but i'll I'll give you that link too shane so thank you very much for the opportunity this has been uh this has been uh, this has been a great interview so i really appreciate what how you how you led this Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I'll have you, you'll be back on at some point in time soon. Maybe when you publish the book, we'll have you on again. Okay, cool. Thank you. When it comes released. Uh, Because this was great. So thanks. All right. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye.